Previously on Buck Phosphorus. Rock 2007. No, Rock 2008. No. Rock 2009! No! What will happen this week in another exciting episode of Buck Phosphorus, Space Motherer? So let me get this straight, computer. I need to unpaint the moon I've just painted to look like the Earth by American Nightfall, incorporating European Nightfall. Otherwise, everyone in America, and incorporating also Europe, We'll look up the night sky and see what appears to be the Earth, and then conclude that they can't be on the Earth then, and panic, and riot. Also, there is an unknown life form within the moon. Correct. Wow, my memory! We established all that information literally seconds ago. <laughs> Don't worry, Space Horse. I, I sure am excited about the unknown life form within the moon. I bet it's a sexy moon lady. She probably has moon boobs. Moon boobs. I don't know. Boobs which can affect the tide somehow. First things first. Unpainting the moon needs more urgent attention. I'd better get unpainting. Buck, I have run an impossibility check. And with under three hours left before American incorporating European nightfall, it is completely impossible for you to unpaint the moon. Well, maybe you haven't heard, computer. But impossible is my middle name. Incorrect. Your middle name is as in slang for a dollar or a male deer. Stupid parents. You will have to rethink. But my country and affiliated countries need me. You know the saying, ask not what your country and affiliated countries can do for you and affiliated persons. Ask what you and affiliated persons can do for your country and affiliated countries. That was said by the first international level shot put competitor president of the United States of America incorporating Europe, J.F. Capes. Buck, I cannot change the laws of physics. What laws can you change? I could probably get some urban planning laws changed, given enough time and a sympathetic public and press. What good is that to me? You might want to build a conservatory. Wait, computer. Run a check on how much time it would take for me to paint the words, This is not the Earth, it is the moon. <laughs> on the side of the moon in big enough letters for the people of the Earth to read. Calculating. That would take you 50 minutes, leaving you two hours to spare. Good news. Okay, I'm going to have a nap. Wake me up in two hours' time and I'll get a painting. I think to be safe, you should probably paint first and then have the nap. Don't treat me like a baby! I'm off to have a two-hour nap. Okay. And don't wake me up sooner than that and pretend two hours have passed because I won't fall for it. Okay. Ah, let's get painting! <laughs> and so Buck mounted his trusty space horse and rolled round the surface of the moon, painting, This is not the Earth, it is the moon! Travel edition computer? Yes. Call my Call my Earth sweetheart, Louisa May. Dialing Louisa May. Hello? Hey, sweet cheeks, it's Buck. Buck? Oh my 
wanted to hear your voice. Call me a hero. You're a hero, Black. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Louisa May is right. I am a hero. Unknown life form detected on lunar surface. Uh oh, space horse. Have you put on a disguise? <laughs> then it must be an attractive lunar alien. Let's track her down. What was that? That was the first half of a wolf whistle. So when I catch up with her, I'll only have one half left to do. <laughs> it's more efficient. Initiating sarcasm mode. Wow, it's great to see how well you've streamlined your harassment. <laughs> what an efficiency drive. Ending sarcasm mode. Thanks, computer. Oh, where's this life form? 30 degrees up lunar north. Come on, space horse! <laughs> whoa, boy, whoa. There, there, just scuttled into that moon hatch. I'm going in, space horse. Adopt stealth mode and follow me down. <laughs> Hello? Hello, where are you? I can, I can hear you. Reveal yourself! I have my gun trained on you, sexy moon alien. Oh, that's very kind of you, but I'm afraid there must be some kind of mistake. I'm not an alien, you see, and in my long life, I'm not sure sexy has ever been used to describe me. Flattering, though it is. Who are you? I'm Alan Bennett. <laughs> Playwright, author and wit. I've been here for years, marooned on the moon, marooned, if you will. I won't. Perhaps you should. I think you'd better come in. I'll make you a cup of tea and fetch you a slice of ginger parking. Bring your horse in, if you like. He's a space horse. Oh, well, I say tomato, you say space tomato. <laughs> There you are. A nice cup of tea. Have you not got any good old American coffee incorporating tea? <laughs> I'm afraid not. It's nothing but disappointment for you today, is it? <laughs> I'm, I am sorry I'm not a gorgeous moon alien. Sometimes I feel I spend most of my life apologising for that. <laughs> Perhaps I'd better explain how I got here. <laughs> As perhaps you'll know, in my later years, I turned my hand to science fiction. I wrote a series of monologues, a Tunnock's tea cake on Alpha Centauri, <laughs> featuring the talents of Stephanie Cole, an oaty biscuit under the Vortex Manipulator, <laughs> starring Thora Heard, and a Battenberg in a pan-dimensional state of multiple non-existence, acted with great subtlety by Grolax, an actual space alien, though in conversation quite delightful, which just... I suppose, goes to show. <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, as a young man, I'd first come into contact with the US government during the Broadway run of Beyond the Fringe. <laughs> President John F. Kennedy had come to see the show and approached me afterwards. Yeah. At the time, he was engaged in one of his many sexual affairs, so I didn't know exactly where to look. <laughs> 
but despite his noisy rutting, he was a very charming conversationalist. He complimented me on this speech I'd written, in which I pretended to be a vicar, and offered me the chance to script the 1969 moon landings, which, at the time, they were planning to fake. I gladly accepted and wrote a poignantly comic piece when Neil Armstrong was trying to walk on the moon whilst anxious about his mother, who'd been having some unspecified problems with her kidneys. <laughs> She'd be played by Buzz Aldrin, but unseen. In the end, they went for this rather jaunty ragtime moon landing little Dudley had written. I was perfectly happy about that, although Peter, so I'm told, was furious. <laughs> Sorry, I, I've got a musical mug. <laughs> <laughs> they decided against Dudley's one-two eventually, thinking that having made all that equipment to get to the moon, they might as well just use it. So my life went on, such as it was. Then one day, my telephone rang. I was in the garden at the time, pruning my petunias. I got to it just in time and was surprised to find it was the US government. <laughs> they had a proposition. They'd seen an oaty biscuit under the vortex manipulator and stumbled over my old Neil Armstrong script. They were looking for a writer in residence for the moon. I thought about it and then said, I'll do it if I can take Her Majesty the Queen with me. Otherwise, I can't see that I'll find much to write about. So they sent me up here with Queen Elizabeth. They dissolved the monarchy a few months later, so she became singularly uninteresting. <laughs> and I sent her back in the only space transport pod I had. That was 20 years ago. Since then, it seems like they've forgotten all about me. And I've been trapped on the moon ever since. I don't know who you are or what you've done, <laughs> but I am bald. <laughs> who the hell is that? Oh, a decade or so ago, my good friend Patricia Routledge came to stay. It all went well at first. We spent a time playing board games and reminiscing happily about her work on my play, A Bourbon Cream in the Cleft of Michael Fassbender's Buttocks. <laughs> From my slash fiction period. <laughs> but it, it soon all went to pot. She got the moon sickness. She's gone quite loopy. Richard! Here she comes. She calls me Richard, you see. Richard! Yep. Patricia, this is Buck Phosphorus and his space horse. Uh, space horse is just one of those things you say, though. Not an accurate description of the horse's capabilities. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, the horse has passed water all over the floor. So much for stealth mode, you dumbass space horse. <laughs> that sometimes all of us, even and perhaps especially animals, must give way to our animal urges. <laughs> uh, Patricia, could you be a deer and get me the bucket and mop? It's pronounced bouquet. <laughs> and moop. <laughs> She's always correcting my pronunciation of domestic items, even when my pronunciation is quite correct. The bouquet and moop for you, Richard. Thank you, Patricia. Oh, and um, could you get me some floor cleaner? It's pronounced floor cleaner. <laughs> And some kitchen roll. It's pronounced kitchen <laughs> Oh, fuck off, Patricia. <laughs> it's pronounced hold me close and never leave me. No, <laughs> oh, Buck, you've got to save me. Take me back to Earth. I'm desperate. If I have to stay here one more day with Patricia, I don't know what I'll do. I'm sorry, 
whatever your name is. But I am Buck Phosphorus, and I am heading into space. Well, couldn't you just drop me off on your way? It's in the totally opposite direction. Oh, please, Buck, please. I can't take any more. I'm sorry. Now, I am leaving your moon pit and taking my space horse with me. Let us leave our brave, kindly hero on the moon for the moment. Meanwhile, back on Earth, it is shaping up to be a cloudy evening. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's been such a special birthday. I know it's been a tough year for you. Finding out my entire immediate family were cyborgs sent from the future to destroy me was tough. (laughs) Everyone does have off years, though. The one thing that's got me through it is probably the moon. The way it's, it's always there, just where you always expected it to be, looking just as you always expected it to look. It makes me feel safe and secure in a way that finding out your entire family is cyborgs really, you know, doesn't. Oh, I'll tell you what would be a treat. Should we go out in the garden and just look up at the moon? <laughs> I think that would be a lovely thing to do about this time in the evening. Fresh even. Bit cloudy though. (laughs) Okay, on the count of three, let's look up at where the moon definitely is. Okay. (laughs) One, two, three. (gasps) Is that the moon? Of course it's the moon. It's got to be the moon. It's just hard to see through all the clouds. Wait, they're clearing a bit. There's something written on it. What does it say? Is not the moon. What? But it must be! Oh no, hang on, the clouds are moving a little bit. It says, it says, this is the ear. This is the ear. Oh my god, it's a giant listening device which has been put in the sky in place of the moon to eavesdrop on my conversations from the evil robot race of the future! Ah! Ah! your long-term boyfriend turned out to be a deadly squid creature planning to breed with you and have his young feast on you from the inside out. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Back on the moon, Buck has just finished trapping Alan Bennett in his moon pit. Okay, Space Horse, you are big and heavy, and so I want you to stay standing there on top of that moon hatch. That peculiar man inside will not be able to open it, and with you stuck on the top of it like that... (laughs) I will get into the space rocket and fly off with the computer. <laughs> Don't worry, I will, I will have computer for company, so I won't be too lonely. <laughs> you will stay here on the moon, trapping that peculiar man and that high-pitched lady in there until I am far enough away for them not to come after me. <laughs> oh, space horse, I will miss you a bit. I remember when we first met back on Earth. Hello? I am Buck Phosphorus, and I would like to buy your best space horse. You want to buy a space horse? To go into space. You'd be better off with a rocket, I reckon. The horse can't really get the speed to jump you into space. No, no, I have a rocket. Space horse is just one of those things you say, not an accurate description of the horse's capabilities. I require a horse to take with me into space. So you want a horse? Yes, but I want to call it a space horse. Call it whatever you want, mate. It's not my business. A space horse. I want to call it a space horse. Then call it a space horse. I don't I will call it a space horse. Yeah, I don't care. Call it a space horse. I'll call it a space horse. <laughs> what about this horse? How much is it? 
300 future dollars. I think I deserve a more expensive horse than that. Oh, I'll sell it to you for a thousand future dollars. Wow, that's the type of fancy space horse a man like me should have. I'll take it. You were the fanciest damn horse I ever had. <laughs> Goodbye, old friend. I'm going to have to take one of your horseshoes with me for luck. Whenever you walk wonky, you can think of me. Now, I'm off to have some fun doing some crater rolling. <laughs> wee! 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 I sure do love crater rolling! from the President of the United States of America, incorporating Europe. Bark! This is Thomas Jaffertron, the first rabbi president of the United States of America, incorporating Europe. You don't sound like the President. Oh, I downloaded a new voice. It's mainly for my human wife. I want it to sound sexy for her. Uh, Let's cut to the chase. I thought I told you to unpaint the moon. I didn't do that because it was impossible. You told me your middle name was impossible. Sometimes I get carried away in the moment, but I sorted it out anyway. I put a note on the moon saying... This is not the Earth, it is the moon. It's a cloudy day. The message has been obscured. Now most people think says this is not the moon, or this is the ear, which has led them to be terrified that the whole planet is being unsubtly bugged for sound by some devious alien life form. Also, at some points it reads the e rune which doesn't mean anything in English, making quite a few people assume it's a foreign conspiracy. There are riots on the streets, Buck. Jesus, I'm glad I'm up in space and not down there with you on Earth. I sure hate to be with you right now. Buck, in order to calm the riots, I've had to go on worldwide television tonight and pledge to immediately fire our entire nuclear arsenal at this alien body that I know to actually be the moon. I'm still on the moon, you pig ass! It's an election year, Buck! What am I supposed to do? And on the plus side, it will finally eliminate that werewolf menace. This is what the people want. Well, except for some bleeding heart liberals who keep moaning about the tides or some nonsense. I called you to warn you. You have ten minutes to get off the moon. Good luck. Computer, which direction to the rocket? Forty degrees moon eastward. Wait! Is that my rocket preparing for takeoff? It does appear to be. But I'm not in it! Correct. Twat sticks! I need to get off the moon! Who has commandeered Buck's rocket? Will Buck manage to escape the moon before total nuclear annihilation? What will happen to his lovable space horse? Find out now as this episode continues! (laughs) Hey, hey, get out of my rocket! Who are you and what are you doing in my rocket? Uh, It's me, Alan Bennett. Your book, I am sorry, but I'm afraid I've commandeered your rocket. How the hell did you get out of your moon pit? I trapped you in there. I'm a writer, but I quickly penned a moving short story about a horse that had terminal gallstones <laughs> and whispered it through the keyhole of the moon hatch so that your space horse could hear it. He was an emotional wreck by the time I'd finished and just wandered off the hatch to go and have a cry. I snuck out before Patricia could notice I was gone, then nipped over here and Jimmy'd open the door to your rocket. I need my rocket bag! I can't do that, I'm afraid. I can't stay on the moon with that woman a moment longer. I'm off. They're going to blow up the moon in minutes! <laughs> you are in a pickle, aren't you? <laughs> oh, well. It was nice to meet you. Ready and take off. Richard! Stop! 
the crazy lady riding my space horse. Ten, nine. You can't do this. It's just not right. I've got something up my sleeve. Eight, seven. What are you going to do? Six, I'm going to six, hit the rocket with a moon. That won't help. Well, what do you expect? Five, I have got the moon sickness. Four. There goes the rocket. Unknown incoming missile detected. It appears to be a space capsule. It's heading for the rocket. Three, two. Rocket knocked over. Launch aborted. Hey! Hey! No! What's happened? But where did that space capsule come from? And who's inside it? It was us, former Queen Elizabeth II. It's pronounced monarchy was dissolved, Alan put me and my corgis in the capsule to send me back to Earth. But I decided that now I had all this spare time on my hands without any state duties to perform, I should probably go off and have a bit of fun. (laughs) (laughs) And did you? Oh boy, did I. My corgis and I, we've done a lot of adventuring. But I could sense something was wrong with Alan, so I came back. How could you tell that? Alan spent a lot of time trying to understand my inner life to write his little books about me. You don't have someone poking around in your head like that without developing some sort of psychic link. (laughs) I guess not. I guess that makes absolute perfect scientific sense. (laughs) So I flew back and knocked over his rocket, just in time by the looks of it. (laughs) 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 Oh, Elizabeth, thank you. You've saved me from doing an awful thing. I guess I got a bit of the moon sickness as well. Well, you always were a bit of a a, a lunar tick. (laughs) (laughs) That is not really a joke. That is the literal derivation of the word lunatic. Well, computer's a bit of a fun stomper, isn't she? If I can remind everyone, the moon is going to be blown up in seconds. So we better get off it. I have space to find! Would you mind awfully if I came along? I've been desperately lonely. All I've had for company is the audiobook of Winnie the Pooh Alan gave me. It's very charming, but charming can't hold you on a cold space winter night. You may come with us, Liz, but I will not be holding you on a cold space winter night. Bloody Republicans. I'll take Patricia back to Earth in this space capsule. I'm sorry for all the bother. I really am. You're a dickwad, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose you could say that, yes. Come on, corgis, in the rocket! (laughs) Come on now, there's nothing like that around here. It's a big empty wasteland. (sighs) Dogs, eh? They want to stick on the moon. And so, our brave adventurers escaped the moon just before it was obliterated by a robot president bent on popularity. Good riddance, moon. You have given me nothing but bother. Now, off into the vast expanse of space. Space Horse! I'm sorry for abandoning you back there. It is something I will never do again. (laughs) Oh, hey, I'm sorry, buddy. Look. 
I'm sticking with you. Cause I'm made out of glue. <laughs> Never sing a song about glue to a horse. It is in very poor taste, Buck. What's that noise? We appear to be being trailed by intergalactic police officers. Intergalactic police, pull over! There's got to be some mistake. There are no criminals in here. That's not strictly true. I did get into a spot of bother recently. What did the ex-queen do that was so naughty? What will the intergalactic police do to our brave heroes? Are they the good type of police who give directions to tourists, or the bad type of police who beat up protesters and sell information to the tabloid press? Find out on the next episode of Buck Phosphorus, Space Botherer! (laughs) 